Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Jason Aponte, uh, a new guest on the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, he is from the Fantasy Bros Pod. Uh, what's going on, man? What's up, Faraz? This is uh, usually the other way around, so I'm like really excited so I could get on here and speak really uh, fast and, and interrupt you and stuff. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very welcome, man. Like I, I'm glad that I'm starting this season off uh, with... With with a guest potential co-host, on, yeah. you know on on Tuesdays we'll see how it works out. We, we and you're an honorary see. bro, you know that. Honorary bro, I love it, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Uh, so you guys got to definitely check him out. But we'll, we'll get into all that. Actually, you know what? In case anyone tunes out, you know, in the middle of the podcast, can you tell them a little bit about about uh, fantasy bros? Yeah. So um, honestly, man, like you know, I I got into fantasy football a little bit later. You know, I'd always been into football, but you know, once I've once like it's easy to jump into fantasy football right when you win your first league right it's like oh okay this is really easy and things like that it's really not you know but what what i really got out of it was you know that it keeps me in tune with all the other teams i've learned a lot and 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 i eventually turned it into a podcast so um what what it eventually started out was 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 me and two other guys unfortunately you know we all have families we all have uh we all have real jobs that we have to to contend with. Not not that this is a fake job or anything like that, but you know you know you know how it is. We we have our we have the the things that put money on the table, and this is our passion, right? So, um, it eventually turned into me and Elvis, and me and Elvis, you know, we we ran through last season, and we we do three and four podcasts per week, and and we're gonna get back to that. I mean, it's week one; it's time to go. Like this is it right here. This is like what we we were like scratching and clawing for. Uh, information and news and stuff like that like during this uh, the off season and now it's just it's time to go now 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 is, is money time everybody's pretty much either drafted or about to draft so yeah pretty much i mean people probably drafted tonight there might be some drafts tomorrow night and then we got football dude in yep. less than 48 hours yeah we have real football that matters i can't no more, <laughs> no more so crap. Pre, no more crap. Watching uh, Game Pass and these preseason games and things like that. Like, there's gonna be crap football, but at least it's gonna matter. At least at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, and, and this game on Thursday night, uh, Green Bay at Chicago should be a good one. I'm excited. Uh, Forty-six and a half total. Uh, Chicago's favorite. Uh, you know, three-point favorites. Basically, whenever the home team's a three-point favorite, that basically means that you know it's 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 a pick'em. But the home team just got the got the edge right there. Um, so yeah, so in this podcast, what we're gonna do is I know last year what I used to do was I basically put out a podcast on Thursday or Friday, going over all of the start sets, basically running backs, wide receivers, you know, uh, quarterback streamers, tight end streamers, defensive streamers, all that into one podcast. But I think this week, this year, I'm gonna try to split it out a little bit throughout the week. So on Tuesdays, which is today. Um, I'm going to record this running back podcast. It'll come out on Wednesdays. Um, I'll do the same thing for wide receivers Wednesday night. That'll come out on Thursdays um, and and do streamers and stuff like that later in the week. Uh, and then on Fridays, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to put out uh, my DraftKings cash lineup. Um, and, and we'll see how that goes. You know, it's kind of like a work in progress. I'm going to see what works best for me. I do have a day job too. So just trying to figure out, you know, what works best. We, and, and last year, uh, I was able to do it throughout 16 weeks, but it, it was a clusterfuck. Uh, it happened, but uh, you know I'm just trying to figure out what the best process is. But anyway, let's get into the running back matchups this week. Let's start with that Green Bay game uh, at Chicago. Um, you know, honestly, like 
David Montgomery, he's been a guy who is very polarizing. Um, the Bears uh, traded up to get him. Um, you know, they signed Mike Davis earlier in the offseason. Um, they had Tariq Cohen in, in, a, in a big role last year, uh, and they lost and they traded away Jordan Howard for a six-round pick to the Eagles. Um, what's your take on David Montgomery for this week? I mean, this week, I mean, I don't see how you can't start him. I mean, you, you, really, uh, you really wouldn't feel too comfortable right now starting Tariq Cohen unless it's a full-point PPR, and you really have to, uh, you know, you, you brought it up earlier, temper expectations a little bit, at least with Cohen. Um, if Montgomery's going to get, you know, I mean, I don't want to read too much into depth charts, especially since, you know, whatever, they're just coming out, you know, very, very slowly this week. But um, Montgomery strikes me as the goal linebacker. Um, you know, this, this, this Packers defense while improved doesn't exactly scare me um and i and i suspect that they'll have some scoring opportunities so i i don't see how you can't start montgomery this week you'd have to have a lot of better options honestly at this point yeah and you probably invested a third or fourth round pick in them if you if you drafted on yahoo I mean, i'm sorry if you drafted on espn <laughs> earlier you might have got away you know with the fifth round pick um just because the platform is different. But, you know, the potential role for Montgomery this season is for him to be the Bears' three-down back with Mike Davis potentially taking a back seat. Uh, remember, they signed Mike Davis before the draft, right? Um, getting paid the same amount of money as, as LaShawn McCoy, pretty much. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen, I can see him playing more of a satellite role. Uh, and that's the hope, right? You want Cohen to kind of be placed in better positions to make plays, but just not touch the ball as much as he did last year as a result of Jordan Howard not being capable in the past game. Um, so I think his ability, you know, Montgomery's ability has impressed most of us and the Bears. So all that talent just kind of just needs to meet the desired opportunity <laughs> that we want, um, right? And Matt Nagy totally hid his hand this preseason, right, when it came to this backfield. We have no idea. Uh, right. So I think playing Montgomery, it comes with a little bit of risk, but I think we're just following the signs uh, pointing in the direction of him being their guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm playing him week one, his draft capital. Like you said, Packers defense, that doesn't scare anyone. He should be good to go. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, I think that the the thing that should scare people more is less Montgomery than it is Cohen. Like, there's people out there that are really going to rely on Cohen, and it's just like, I mean, with that, it's not guaranteed how many touches he's going to get. It's It makes it way more scary for me. Like, Cohen is, is, is somebody that is, like, in that James White, you know, mold that you're hoping, you know, like, they're in a shootout and something like that. But um, he scares me, honestly. I tried to stay away from him as much as I could in drives, but he scares me this week. I'm not certain that I'll be ready to play him this week. Yeah, I mean, he started last season with eight touches, five touches, then eight touches. And you got to remember, that was Matt Nagy's game plan. Right. Coming into 2018, he wanted Jordan Howard to be that three-down back, and it just didn't work out. Um, and then he coincided an uptick in touches. They made him viable for fantasy on an every-week basis. But, you know, like, th- we can see a similar start to this season, but now they have somebody in David Montgomery who's capable in what M- Matt Nagy might want. Um, also, the Packers, they've been pretty stout against pass catching running backs. Last year, they gave up the second-least amount of receptions to the, to the running back position. So, you know, they have the same defensive coordinator. The scheme is going to be similar. Um, so I, I'm kind of trying to stay away from Tariq Cohen this week. Uh, what about Aaron Jones? Like, wh- what are your thoughts? I mean, he's going up against a tough defense this week. No, he is. And honestly, um, so last year he didn't get a chance to face uh, the Bears in the first week. Um, you know, he was suspended. Um, and then the, the week that he faced them in, uh, I believe it was week 16, if I'm not mistaken, or 15, um, he got hurt in the first quarter. 
Um, but he has shown against tough defenses, um, you know, Minnesota, Buffalo, that he can, you know, like, this is last year I'm talking about, that he can produce, you know, 70 yards and a touchdown, I believe it was, against Minnesota. Um, so I'm not scared of Aaron Jones, honestly, this week. Um, the, 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 you know, obviously the Bears are a great defense, but I suspect that they'll take a little bit of a step back this season. And Aaron, Aaron Jones has enough of a role where they're still going to get scoring opportunities no matter what. So I'm not scared. Now, am I as bullish on Aaron Jones as I usually am? No. Obviously, you have to pull that back because of how good the Bears are. But I'm not outright sitting him, like, at all. Like, you know, like uh, right. you know, Jones is probably going to be a star for me this week. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he, he can never be an outright sit, right, even with the matchup. Um, he might have been, what, your third or fourth round pick? Right. Um, I, I wouldn't mind considering other options depending on how your draft went. Maybe you got to value late, uh, this and that. You know, Vic Fangio, he's gone. Uh, the personnel remains, though, right? Um, now, how much of a share backfield do you think is actually going to happen, uh, you know, in, 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 this, in this rotation? Do you See, think it's going to be a rotation? Do you think it could be like a 70-30 split where it doesn't matter? That's the beauty of week one, honestly, is it's like, you know, we have to kind of see how it plays out. And we have to hope that because of what our eyes and, and our heads tell us that Aaron Jones is the best. But if, you know, the, the, the number that you brought up that I think is closer is, is going to be at least 60-40. If we get 70-30, I'm super excited. I am very excited. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 70-30 is better than the norm. Yes. And we see in the NFL these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron Jones can take a 70%. Uh, snap rate, and he could do a lot with it because he's yeah. shown to be efficient, uh, you know, throughout his career. Let's just hope he can stay healthy. Um, you know, obviously the Bears are super stout against the run last year. Only they gave up the fourth fewest yards rushing, four, fewest rushing touchdowns, only four all season. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he could probably beat this th- team through the air. That's probably what we'll see more of. Um, but Aaron Jones, you know, he might not need a whole lot of touches to kind of return, um, you know, value that you're happy with out of your RB2. Absolutely. I, I, 60 and a touchdown, you'll take that all day. At least yeah. this week. At least this week against this team. If they said that you were going to get 60 and a touchdown, and let's say that that's if he doesn't catch one pass. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which, which exactly. I, don't see, I don't see that not happening. So, I mean, I, I don't even know if that made any sense. But the question that I wanted to ask you, honestly, is that, like, if you had, if you had Aaron Jones, and let's say you had somebody like Duke Johnson who's going to be in New Orleans in week one in a game that I would suspect is going to be a little bit high scoring or at least up-tempo, would you be tempted to maybe play Duke over Aaron Jones in a PPR league? You know, New Orleans is also pretty stout against the run as well, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'd rather take the talent in Aaron Jones and also, you know, on on an offense that we know that, you know, he is going to get touches, right? Like that offense in, in Houston, we haven't seen the running backs get a huge amount of volume in the passing game. And that could have been a personnel thing, right? Duke Johnson's strength is in the passing game, so I expect an uptick in usage there. Uh, but we haven't seen him on this offense yet, uh, so I'm not inclined to do that. It, now, listen, if he was going up against, like, Cincinnati, you know what I mean, or if he was going up against a not-so-great defense, then I'm thinking about it because he's probably going to be – he's probably going to have a huge role in all three downs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good point. It's just that just because of – he just because of the fact that he's playing a defense that's also relatively stout against the run, I, I, I might, you know, still lean towards Aaron Jones. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, too, absolutely, just for pretty much almost all the reasons that you said with Aaron Jones. It's just that uh, this week I think it's a little bit closer than everybody thinks. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on to Atlanta at, at Minnesota. Uh, you know, Minnesota is uh, a four-point favorite at home, 47.5 implied total. Um, this one's easy, right? You're playing Dalvin Cook. You're playing Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman, you know, it's a tough matchup for him in Minnesota, uh, but he's going to be involved in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota wasn't as good covering running backs out of the backfield, um, and he's their guy. Edo Smith is going to mix in, uh, but... I think uh, Freeman's going to be involved enough where you're not sitting him. For no, I, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think you can. I mean, unless you have better options. Again, like it's going to have to be someone who's got a really, really good matchup. Like, like would you would you be more inclined to start maybe somebody like Tevin Coleman um, against Tampa or or uh, Devontae Freeman? Now it's week one. You don't want to really overthink it, but you know I, I feel like that's at least a little bit closer too, just because one has a really good matchup, one has you know a pretty tough matchup. Yeah, and and in this type of situation, even though like Tevin Coleman has a great matchup, I'll probably go with the guy who's going to get more touches and who has a larger share in the backfield, uh, especially with h- how Tevin Coleman didn't look that great this no. But he did. Uh, and uh, and Matt Breida has uh, looked pretty good. And we'll That's get, we'll get to that get matchup. I've been trying to get him later and later. I mean, I mean, now it's rising. But, yeah, he was the one that I really wanted. You, you know, I – but you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sitting either of these guys. So, let's just go ahead and move on yeah. uh, to wa- Washington at Philadelphia. Um, I want to hear I want to hear your Washington take honestly because you already know what I'm about to ask you about. I want to know Derek, I want to know about guys. I want to know about guys. Yeah, yeah. Guys is uh, is a guy that I'm not in on this week at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, Philly is uh, a nine and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Darius guys, you know, Jay Gruden came out and said, okay, Darius guys is going to be the guy. Uh, our our offense is going to our rush offense is going to run through him. Um, but how much opportunity in the run game are they actually going to get against Philadelphia? Um, Philadelphia is going to be a good offense. Uh, the Redskins are going to be a bad offense. And this game can get out of hand pretty quickly. Um, and it, what, Adrian Peterson is just going to sit on the bench all game long? I don't think so. I think this could be, you know, even if Geis gets a majority of the work on early downs, Adrian Peterson is going to get at least like eight to ten touches, I would imagine. Um, even if he gets seven to eight, that's still taking away a lot of opportunity from Geis. Um, and then Chris Thompson is going to come in on third down and passing down situations. And that's probably what is going to happen most of this game. The Eagles are going to go up and the Redskins are going to be trying to come back. Um, so if anybody, I'm playing Chris Thompson right. in PPR. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't really disagree with with anything that you really said. I think that the the guy stuff has gotten out of control. You know, like I understand the talent and everything, but that line is atrocious. This 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 offense is going to be one of the bottom three in in the league easily with Case Keenum under under center. Um, so how much opportunity are they going to get? You're right about AP. Um, and as far as Philly's defense goes, I think Philly's defense is amazing. And this is one of my favorite plays this week, whether it be, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, anything like that. Um, and especially if you're looking, let's say, let's say you, you didn't draft a defensive player, a defensive player, a defensive team. Um, and you're looking for a streamer. If they're out there, I I love Philly this week against, uh, this line. They're probably, Um, they're probably my favorite defensive play this week. Right. Besides there's them and the Cowboys pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah, they um, they might be the chalk, honestly, especially with daily with daily fantasy and things like that. Like that's that's the move, honestly. So, um, yeah. I agree with everything that you said, man. Guys, guys is just going too early for me. I don't, I, I just don't understand like how early like we're we're gonna take him. And then like you said, you know, with the Adrian Peterson thing, man. Adrian Peterson isn't gonna sit around and not like, like he was in New Orleans and he was like, listen, you need to give me the ball behind you know Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. He was like, you need to give me the ball, and they got him out of there. I, I don't suspect that in any way with the Redskins. He's just gonna be like, oh, that's cool. You're gonna give guys everything and Thompson everything. Not gonna happen. Yeah. I have a feeling that they're just rushing guys back. Like he's not ready. You know, we 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 saw we we heard about an infection right during his um Everybody you know after the surgery right <laughs> in in Washington. Everyone has an infection yeah. uh, after the ACL surgery. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like I I I find this whole situation pretty interesting, especially with guys not looking. In my opinion, he didn't look that he great in the preseason. Right. Yeah. I, I think- I think in when you start to think about the injury that he had, he looked good. When you think about that, right. you know, so that's what I think people are hyped on. But like to me, he didn't like pop off the tape where I was like, oh my god. Exactly. Like it's one thing to to understand that hey, he's back. We're happy for him. Uh, you know, he's being productive, right, in that game. Uh, but he didn't show any explosiveness. Um, everything that people have described as patience, I've described as. Uh, hesitance, <laughs> right? Like it just—it's it's not the same goal. thing. Yeah, exactly. He, he didn't—he didn't show it for me. So uh, he just might not be ready. I saw, him, I saw him like stiff arm somebody to the ground. I guess if you want to oh, get yeah. excited or whatever. His he's strength, strong. His strength, the man. Yeah, his, exactly. His strength is going to be there. Yeah. That's like his strong suit, uh, right? But uh, it just—I'm not so high on him this year just because of his situation, his offense, his injury. It's a lot. It's a lot of factors that play into it. it has um, nothing to do. It has nothing to do with the talent. That's the that's the thing with guys. Yeah, exactly. And maybe in, in twenty nineteen twenty? It's a totally different story. Totally different story. Um all right, on the Eagle side of the ball, uh Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard. Uh I think both of these running backs should have plenty of opportunity at home against the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um they're favorite, like I said, they're favored by nine and a half points. Game script should be in a position where they can pound the rock all game long. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you think of these two? Yeah, I mean, if it if it came down to something like um, Sanders or Howard over Geis, I think it's both of them. I mean, just because of like you said, game script, we 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 know what's gonna happen. You know, Wendell Smallwood's out the way at least, uh, Josh Adams out the way at least. So now it's what it's it's, it's Clement, it's uh it's these two. Um, I suspect that they're gonna be killing a lot of the clock. So that means either Howard, Sanders, both of them are gonna get their shots. So yeah, I mean, I I just I just feel like they're flex plays at this point. I wouldn't want to start them as my RB two or anything like that. But as far as flex plays goes, PPR, I'm gonna lean Sanders. Um, standard, give me Howard. He's probably going to get one goal line plunge at least. Yeah, I could see that. I think, yeah, like you said, both are flex plays. Like, I, I could see both of them getting, like, combining for 30 plus touches, right? In in this matchup, uh, the, the Redskins have a decent up front, you know, but like on a per touch basis, um, it might not be there, but the volume should cover these two and they should get some goal line or red zone opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm fine having both of these guys. The preferred play is Sanders, though, just because he's more explosive. Absolutely. Um, how how in on you would you, are are you on Chris Thompson? Like, would you rather play Chris Thompson in PPR or or these two, Sanders and Howard? 
So, I mean, it's going to be Sanders or Howard, at least just because I know that there's guaranteed work for them, honestly. But Chris Thompson's not a bad man, dart thrower at all, especially when it comes to FanDuel and stuff like that. Like, if you're talking about a flex play, you can get him for nothing. And if you, and if you're talking about your redraft league, he's probably on your waiver wire. Um, I've been in plenty of drafts where nobody's been picking him up or anything like that. And when you start to think about Tariq Cohen and, and even James White, who I love, they're all in the same. They're all in the same vein, honestly, man. And and you know, and you have to remember, Washington's going to be playing from behind in many games. Many. Yeah, he, he's, he's sneaky. Um, this yeah. week, the Eagles, the Eagles gave up the second most receptions and the sixth most receiving yards to running backs last season. Um, they were stout up front, but covering them out of the backfield, they, they weren't. They weren't as good. Yeah. Um. So moving on, uh, Buffalo at New York Jets. Uh, I'll be at this game. Uh, nice. I'm excited. I'm not excited that it's like the second lowest implied total, meaning that there might not be a lot of scoring. Uh, Too many defenses. I mean, Sam Darnold might might do some things, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's, I mean, division game, you know, they they have a good defense. You have a good defense. All those games are close. You know, it's, yeah, it's nothing not about bad offenses. You guys know each other. They, they always are. And it'll be interesting because, you know, Josh Allen has a little bit more to work with. Sam Darnold has a little bit more to work with. You know, and I'm curious to see that maybe, you know, they kind of break through these defenses a little bit and they score a little bit more than this implied total might suggest. Yeah. Um, but on the Buffalo side of things, mm-hmm. you have Devin Singletary. You, they just released Shady McCoy. You got Devin Singletary. You got yep. Frank Gore. Uh, you know, you might get a little bit of TJ Yeldon. We don't know. I'm good. How are you, keep, how keep are you looking at this backfield? <laughs> how are you? How, that's what we're hoping for. Keep the Yeldon. Keep the Yeldon away from me. On th- I mean, obviously he's going to be in on, on third downs. But um, you know, as much as I love Devin Singletary and I've been getting him almost everywhere, I, you still can't feel confident playing him this week. Um, you know that like Frank Gore's not going anywhere. He's immortal, man. Like it's just it's just not you know like he's not there to just hang out. Um, so he'll be in there. He'll get five, eight, ten carries. Right? You know, like it's going to take Singletary like. 10 to 15 to really trust me to, for me to trust him. Um, right. You can throw him in there if you hope that he gets one of the goal line plunges, but who's to say that that's not going to be Frank Gore? I would like to stay away this week from the entire backfield and see how it plays out if I had better options. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think these two are very desperate plays this week. Um, even Devin Singletary. I think Frank Gore is going to get his obligatory 13 carries, right? Singletary is going to round out that rotation. I, I don't want to test it out and try to find out against this Jets front, right? Like, uh, they did lose Avery Williamson, but they have a little bit of depth there. Neville Hewitt, Blake Cashman, who's looked great filling in. Um, the defensive front is nasty. You got CJ Mosley in the second level, then Jamal Williams on the third level coming in. Quinn. So, of course, that, I mean, that whole, like, that whole, like, front is just yeah. really good. Um, yeah. So, let, let's see what the share looks like before you start. Any of these two. Yeah. Um, that's, regardless that's, of the split, like you said, Singletary is the guy to own in this backfield. He has yep. to be rostered. Yep. Um, but this week, you kind of just want to wait and see. I would love to just watch that and see the splits and see see the snap counts. Because, you know, touches right. are fickle. You know what I mean? Somebody could be on the field 25% of the time, but every time they're on the field, they touch the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I just – I want to see snaps. I want to see – I want to see, you know, who's got touches. And I want to see who got meaningful touches. I want to see who's going to get the, the goal line carries and everything. Because if we see Gore get all of that, then that that has to make you a little bit more nervous about Singletary. Right, right. Exactly. Um. So, and on the Jets side of the ball, obviously, Lev Bell is your guy. Uh, but there were reports about Ty Montgomery potentially uh, getting a little bit of that workload. What do you see? Do you think he could get 
35 percent of the work maybe this this no, week i probably see it being like 80 20 like i feel like ty montgomery is somebody who is the direct handcuff to Le'Veon bell so if you feel nervous and you're skittish about maybe Le'Veon bell getting hurt then yeah i guess you can roster ty montgomery um at this point you know he's a desperation play like you're hoping that maybe he falls into the end zone or he catches a bunch of passes but you know ty montgomery's not a slouch man either like you know everybody remembers how it ended in green bay but like there was like two years ago where we were drafting him in like the fourth round and he looked great for a few weeks so you know um as you know, you're starting Le'Veon Bell, no questions asked. But um, as far as Ty Montgomery goes, I'm not I'm not interested in playing him. I would be interested in maybe rostering him just to handcuff Le'Veon Bell, but I don't see how you can play him this week. I agree. I think he's one of the better handcuffs to own just because you know that he's going to be like their three down, every down guy. Uh, they just don't have anybody else. Um, you know, if Le'Veon Bell were to, were to go down, he, he's going to be the guy. And he looks really good this preseason in that role. Um, and he kind of knows this offense really well. It seems like he's, he's pretty involved, and he's going to get his touches if that were to happen. Um, moving on, uh, Baltimore at Miami. Baltimore uh, favored by seven points. Oh my uh, how, how much? How much do you like Mark Ingram this week? I love him. I mean, they're going to run. They're going to destroy the Dolphins. The, if if any team is worse than the Redskins on offense, it's the Dolphins, hands down. Now you're talking about Laramie Tunsil's gone. Now you're talking about Kenny Stills is gone. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he's if he finds some magic in Baltimore with this line and this team, then there's something else going on than magic or whatever with him. Because I think <laughs> the Ravens are gonna run these guys over. Like seven, that's low. I see. I got I got the Ravens winning this game by double digits easily, um, and running the ball a ton. So I love Mark Ingram this week. I'm pretty sure I would put you know I would put an 85 percent chance that he probably scores this week. I mean, just, right. just off of that, they're just going to kill them and run the ball. And because of what you said, I think they're going to give him as many touches as they're going to be willing to give him, you know, this week. Like, you, you'll find out, like, what his max touch number is <laughs> this week. It should be up in this game. <laughs> they, right, not, exactly. uh, you know, I'm not even going out <laughs> on a limb here. So last year, the Dolphins uh, gave up the third most rushing yards, the second most attempts, and the fourth most touchdowns on the ground in 2018. Um, they did add, you know, Christian Wilkins in the first round, and he'll make a little bit of a dent, maybe not even, but they're going to need a lot more uh, if they're going to stop this particular rushing attack of the Ravens. And the Ravens are going to run the ball, like, yeah. not just with Ingram, right? right. They're going to run the ball with everybody they have, right? Yep. Uh, they're favored by seven points, but like you said, th- this could turn out to be something something pretty bad, and Ingram's going to have all the opportunity. Um in this game, um, as far as the Miami side of the ball, uh, are you touching either Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balash? If it's either of them, is Drake um, just because they're going to be behind and he's the PPR option? I really think that Kalen Balash is. I just want to make sure I say this right without being rude. Garbage. Like I really don't think he's good, like at all. Like when you watch him run the ball, like he has no vision or anything like that. And I just don't understand the infatuation at this point. Kenyon Drake must be doing something behind the scenes that nobody is talking about or nobody knows. Like he must be cursing out coaches, showing up late, because I don't understand how you can watch him and Kalen Balaj play and say, you know what, we need to split these guys. Um yeah, but dude. if it's if it's gonna be anybody, it's Kenyon Drake because of PPR, you know, he's the only one who catches passes, so yeah, like you said, like he, Drake has all the tools to be a workhorse back, and there's just something that's not letting these coaches let him become one. It's something, right? It's it's been multiple coaches. Like, exactly. is it his work ethic? Is he just not? Is he always looking for the home run play? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's something, right? And why are they 
trying to get Kalen Balazs going because he's I don't not get it. good. <laughs> I don't get it. It's not Darwin Thompson that we're trying to force in here who's somebody who's clearly talented. Like, Kalen Balazs is a football player. He's just a guy. I don't get it, man. Like, I really don't. Yeah, exactly. And I think even though that's the case, I think Balazs is still going to be involved. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and because, of, because of that ambiguity, uh, combined with the fact that they're going Stay up against the Ravens, like lowest implied total of the week at thirty-seven and a half. It kind of makes me want to stay away from this entire thing. But yeah. um, like, like the Ravens did lose some pieces on defense, but they still have a pretty solid defensive line nah. um, that's pretty much made for run stopping. So I'm kind of I'm gonna let this backfield sort itself out. And like you said, you're playing Drake if you're playing either of these guys because of that passing down role. And if they're gonna be down, it's gonna be him on the field. Yep, the same thing with Philly, too. Like, if, if it was Philly's defense that's the chalk, it's probably Baltimore's defense that's right there this week if you're if you're looking for something. Right, right. Okay, so moving on, 49ers uh, in Tampa Bay this week. That's I'll your be there. Team. Are, are you going? I'll be there. I'll leave Friday. Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, so you'll be at um, your game, and I'll watch some football at 1, but I'll be at the stadium at 4, and yeah. That's what's up, man. Uh, so... Let's talk about the San Francisco backfield first, and and yeah. I know this is this is your specialty here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let, let you take it away. So the depth chart came out today, and it said that uh, Matt Breida was listed one over uh, Tevin Coleman at two. Um, that's just a that's just I don't even know what that is. It's symbolism because it's Tevin Coleman that's gonna wind up starting. These guys are gonna split halfway down the middle now that we know that Jeremy McKinnon's out the way. Um, I really believe that Matt Breed is the most talented running back on this roster. Like, I've been saying it all offseason. You know, like, he's cleaned up the catches. If you watched uh, week three against um, the Chiefs, he made an amazing catch on on Jimmy Garoppolo's throw. Um, he hasn't been dropping passes anymore. I think he's the best back, and you can get him much later. I think that he's going to be the one who ri- rises to the top. Now, can they both be good? Yes. Would I, if you're asking me to choose one or the other, I kind of feel like it's going to be Breida this week, man. I mean, he he ran all over them last last year when we played them, honestly, too. So um, Breida just looked better. He just looked better with this team. And 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 um, you have to understand, like, when we get wrapped up in draft capital on people, you know, Coleman was a, was a draft pick. Breida was undrafted. There's also something to be said about somebody who's undrafted and doesn't want to let go of his spot on his team. And, and Matt Breed is going to run through a wall and try to play as much as he can, even as much as he's hurt. And he just, he's just he been showing me more, honestly. So I feel more confident in Breida. You probably can play either of them, I'll say at this point. But if you're going to make me choose one, it's going to be Breida. Yeah, even if this is a 50-50 split, I mean, both can be started as low-end RB2s or flexes um, at the very worst because of the zone, zone scheme that Kyle Shanahan runs. I mean, it's it's his system that allows these guys to be to be really valuable um but you see that coleman you know isn't showing as much as brita um this preseason last year we know that brita has been efficient um in almost every single game he's played um in this system uh and and you know you brought it up he's not dropping passes this dude did you know that last season he was the number one graded pass catching running back by pro football focus i mean Compare that to his 2017 when he was backing up Carlos Hyde. The he was garbage. Yeah, he was he the was worst. Terrible. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it goes to show how much he worked on his game. He knew that this offense needed a back to be very versatile, and that's what Kyle Shanahan loves. Look at how it was in Atlanta, right? You had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, both versatile backs, and it's possible that Matt Breida kind of makes his way into that Devontae Freeman role um, because he, he is that kind of back 
with Tevin Coleman playing the Tevin Coleman role, <laughs> right, yeah. in, in, in San Francisco. It, it's very possible that that's what happens. But this week, um, I think the matchup itself against the Bucks shouldn't scare anybody. There's an implied total of 50 points, and that's what we like to see. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's actually a pick em. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a good game, uh, and, and you can start either of these guys. And I think, I like you, I think I prefer Matt Breida as well. Yeah. Um, all right, so it's in Tampa Bay, uh, are you staying away from this entire backfield like I am? I mean, yep. yeah, I, mean I, I mean, the only person that I could probably be talked to, and this has to be in a PPR league and I have to be desperate, is probably Darry. I'm not even going to say his last name. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, Og- Ogun Bawali. You got it, go. Oh, you got it. You got it, bro. I did. Darry Ogun cool. Bawali. You did it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, good. nice. You're good. Yeah. He would be the only one that I'm really interested in at this point. Like, I understand having shares of Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones if you think that one of them is going to be the guy because of, you know, Bruce Arians, blah, blah, blah. You've heard us speak all that on the offseason. But there's no way I'm playing either of these guys, honestly, this week. No way. Not a shot. Yeah, yeah. the only guy in this backfield that I'm rostering is Ogun Bawale. Look at that. Look how quickly ah, I said that. Nice. Uh, that's the only guy I'm rostering in PPR leagues because he will likely open the season as their third down, passing down guy. Uh, and because of how much Barber and Ronald Jones aren't, how much they suck, it's possible that Ogun Bawale, you know, gets a little bit of opportunity on early downs. And if he proves that he could be sufficient there, then they could have one running back who is versatile enough to play more than just third down, right? I mean, if Ronald Jones is in there, they know they're going to run the ball. If Peyton Barber's in there, I mean, if Peyton Barber's in there, like he is probably in there to run the ball or pass protect, right? He's not going to run out of the, out in the flat to catch no. passes. Um, so Ogunbowale might be a guy, you know, you you keep it at the end of your bench. Uh, but as far as this week goes, um, we want to see what the split is going to look like. This is a three-headed attack at home against San Francisco. It's a good matchup, but who are you going to pick? Let's just see how this plays out, and it's possible that uh, there is no value in right. this backfield. And the other thing is, too, is that the Bucks line is dog shit. Like, it's, it's right. really bad, honestly. So as much as we think that Barber and maybe Ronald Jones aren't good, like, I don't know if anybody would succeed against uh, with this line, honestly, at this point. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Um, okay, so Kansas City in Jacksonville. Oh, I am so interested to hear your takes. Yeah, oh man. I mean, I, I'm a so guy. That's, that's, anybody who listen, I, I before we do all this, I'm sorry if you took sure. Damian Williams in the second round. I really am. Yeah, in the second round, that's that's a little overkill. Um, you know, if, if you got him at a value third, third round maybe in the ESPN could have been fourth round. I, I've seen his ADP slide there in on that platform um, that I never draft on. I should though, so I can take advantage. <laughs> uh, but but the ESPN platform is just straight garbage. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I, I don't I listen, Ross. To... Don't fuck with the mouse, bro. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. I just had to talk shit about ESPN yeah. for just for a second. It's cool, man. Um, man. Mouse is gonna hunt us down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so uh, before LaShawn McCoy signed with the Chiefs, uh, this Jacksonville matchup didn't look as daunting, right? Like you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Andy Reid, Damian Williams is just unstoppable, right? <laughs> but now that Shady is in town, if he plays, it's just not as ideal. You know, Reed, Andy Reid doesn't give his running backs a ton of touches, right? They've just all been efficient with those touches, and they just miraculously become RB1s every week. Um, and if Williams can get 15 touches, we're relatively happy. But against the Jaguars, are we happy? 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm still starting Williams, honestly, with the implied total of 52 on an elite offense. But know that McCoy, if he plays, can take enough touches away in the first week to make him a non-factor. So, like, let's just hope that McCoy doesn't eat into too much after only one week of practice. Apparently, Andy Reid doesn't run the same offense in Kansas City that he ran in Philly. I don't know about all that. Uh, but he did say that, which which was interesting. Uh, but, you know, LaShawn McCoy is somebody – I'm not playing him this week. Uh, you know, I want to see how that kind of works out. He is the second running back on the depth chart. I don't know who created that depth chart. <laughs> it could have been, <laughs> been public, relation, public relations or it could be uh, – who, who knows. Uh, but I'm playing Damien still uh, just because I don't think that McCoy will be too involved. And Williams can do his damage with 15 touches. So even against the, against the Jaguars. So it's a situation where – I don't want to bench Damien. That's kind of how it plays out for me. So, um, so yeah, while, while I, I, I sort of agree with that, I, I guess I have to say I kind of disagree. So here's something that's a little bit weird for me, honestly. Um, I honestly think that there is something to the idea that LaShawn McCoy is going to rejuvenate himself back in this Andy Reid offense just because of how it is. But I'm just going to talk about this week. So the thing that scares me about this week, let alone the fact that LaShawn's there, because here's the thing. I don't think that LaShawn McCoy in his limited time is going to be able to just catch up and just be able to take like the whole workload away from him. Okay, so let's say Damian Williams does get his 15 touches, which I believe. It's going to be a tough defense to go up against, honestly. Um, and uh, last year, Patrick Mahomes had his worst game against any team, and it was Jacksonville, he didn't throw one touchdown pass in that game. He threw two picks. Um, he threw for 55%. So um, I suspect that I, I this think, Jacksonville— I think, he just, I think he just ran one in, right? That was his only touchdown. Uh, I have to look that up. Let me just take a look. He did run a touchdown in, so that saved him. That's six points. Right. Um, from a passing, you know, from a, for him to not throw a passing touchdown in a, in a year where the least amount of passing touchdowns he ever threw was one, everything else was like three and four and like every game, you know, right. th- there's a little bit to that too. So, so um, Jacksonville's going to have just as good, if not the same defense, maybe better probably this year. You know, you're talking about you're adding Josh Allen to this defense. So um Damian Williams makes me a little nervous this week I'm just I'm just nervous as as far as like you know with the uh with the the goal line opportunities I'm not certain that that it's going to be there for him because that's what he needs if he doesn't get the touchdowns you know we you know they have guys that can cover guys out of the backfield so Damian Williams is going to be a I I kind of want to just see it happen like again like I mean if I mean, I have him in a few dynasty leagues where I'm just going to start him because I don't really have too many better options or anything like that. But I'm not like I'm not in love, like running to play him. It's just the it's just this week. It's not about the situation. It's not about LaShawn McCoy being there, even though I think that LaShawn McCoy is going to have a bigger role than the the Damian truthers want to admit, um, you know, because at 31, like he's old, but in the same system and and giving the scoring opportunities, I think there's going to be plenty of plenty for 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 Shady to get. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to stay away from Damien this week. Honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit nervous for him. If it was between Damien and Duke against New Orleans, I'm probably going to play Duke. That's probably a, a little bit crazy. You know, if you, if, you know, if you think about it, but in PPR, I, I would feel better playing Duke this week. I mean, against New Orleans on Monday night. Right, right. That, yeah. And I agree with you as far as LaShawn McCoy goes, like I, I, as somebody who has Damien Williams in two leagues because I got him in the fourth round. Like, wow. I I don't want to play him 
in I, I feel like he's going to be a guy who I'm going to want to play every single week who's going to disappoint me every other week. Right. Um, and, and the Sean McCoy being there, um, he didn't look terrible this preseason. No, um, that's, and, that's what's funny and, about and, and we also have to remember that Damian Williams sucked before getting to Kansas City. Thank you. Um, he, he was good in the passing game, but he was terrible in the run game. It's just that this offense can hide a lot of inadequacies um, and they can hide LeSean McCoy's as well. They can hide his age. Um, and he, honestly, he might be better in this offense than Damian yeah. Williams. Yeah. Um, and I think Andy Reid might know that, uh, even though he played he played on the Bills offense last year that wasn't good. Offensive line wasn't great. Um, the offense wasn't great. Uh, actually, it wasn't even it wasn't even good. Like it wasn't even close to good. Um, right. So that's that, that's you have to consider that as well. And uh, this can, you know, this offense can rejuvenate him, but that, that's the that's the long term that's the long term tale. Yeah. Um. I, like today, I just I was able to trade uh, Geronimo Allison, and I actually picked up Lashawn McCoy, uh, because because I had I didn't have as much running back depth, and I was like, you yeah. know what, like I have a bunch of wide receivers, let me go make this deal, and I, just the upside is there, even though yeah. it is McCoy, he's older, mm-hmm. it it can still happen. It's Andy Reid, he can make it happen. Absolutely, and uh, I've seen him. I I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I've seen him in nope. drafts too, where you can get him in like the tenth, eleventh round. That's stealing. That's stealing at that point. Like honestly, that's your fourth or fifth running back, like that you're getting. So, yeah, exactly. It's a no brainer right there. So if you're drafting after you hear this on Wednesday night, he might be. probably he probably somebody that you should aim for. I'll I'll, I'll pick him as early as like the, like seventh round, honestly, yeah. just because. You know the upside is going to be there, and if it doesn't work out, it's okay. I mean, th- that's where we're picking guys like Latavius Murray. Yeah. Um. And even th- even though I- I'm fine picking Murray there, it's just you gotta you gotta understand where the upside might be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's move on. So a- anyway, uh, on the Jacksonville side, uh, Leonard Fournette, he go. he's going to be a play regardless. Go go go. Just in case you didn't know, he's probably going to be a must must start every single week. every week, and as long as he's active, that's it. We don't even need to have the discussion just based on volume. Exactly. He's going to be the three-down bell cow, uh, and TJ Yeldon's gone, so he'll be there on passing downs as well. Even if they're losing, he'll be on the field. I did um, want to – um one little quick thing with Fournette, because you're absolutely right about that. There's no way that anybody's going to take him off the field, and I think that everybody else has been on Ryquel Armstead as his direct handcuff, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I understand you getting nervous about Fournette's injury history, but um I think it's it's really, really, really interesting that um Azigbo – from New Orleans got signed there because if you're asking me who I think is better between Reichwell Armstead and Azigbo, it's probably Azigbo, even though Armstead is the guy that everybody's been getting a lot of burn on. So well, just to keep that in your mind. He's definitely more versatile. Yeah. And then and you got to think about it, in the John DeFilippo offense, you need somebody who can catch the ball, mm-hmm. right? And Azigbo is a guy who could do that. And and he, I was surprised that New Orleans got rid of him because he kind of fits their mold. He kind of almost fits... seemed like a fake Camara. He kind of fits what they want to do, right? Like a little bit of a mix between, like you know, Ingram Kamara, Murray Kamara, right? Like a little bit of guy who had a little bit of power, but can catch the ball out of the backfield too. So it was interesting. Maybe, maybe that's why they cut him because he didn't fit either one. He was like right, right. in the middle. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel like but, you know, if you're looking for that direct handcuff, like don't don't sleep on his ego, man. I really wouldn't. I mean, Alfred Blue's on IR, right? So that's it. We don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, Thomas exactly. Rawls got cut, so that's it. You know, like Rykel Armstead has almost been like. You know, it's almost been like anointed that next guy, but man, you know, just keep your eye on the Zeke ball. Let's see what happens, man. If he, if you know, he's not gonna come off the field, but you know, I, I just wanted to throw it out there. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't roster either no. at this point. Like if you were holding Armstead because you wanted a four net handcuff, I would just drop him and pick pick up somebody else at this point. I agree. Um so moving on, uh Tennessee at Cleveland. You're obviously starting Nick Chubb on on, on the Cleveland side. Um, Tennessee has a good run defense though. Okay, but are you, are you still starting Nick Chubb though? Oh yeah, of course. Come on. I mean yeah. you know, there's nobody else in it's no. I will yeah, we're benching Tennessee, him for uh, Tennessee is going to have a good, you know, they're going to get give him a challenge for sure. Uh, but you know, Cleveland is a good offense. He's going to get goal line opportunities. Um, he he might get some work on third down, even though they do have a couple of guys who could play on third down. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, if it was up to me, I, I would just leave him in on third downs. Fifteen to twenty touches. <laughs> That's it. Lock him in. That's it. Um, but as far as on the Tennessee side, like this is one backfield that I have no idea what to do with. Well, like Derrick Henry. Deion Lewis, like, I'm just, like, I did, I literally went through all these games, you know, wrote, wrote my article, had a little blurb about every single player. The only two guys that I don't have in right now is Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, especially Derrick Henry. I mean, Deion Lewis, is, his role is a little bit more clear, I guess. He's going to be the passing down guy, I guess. But at the same time, he, yes, maybe Cleveland can go up in this game, maybe. But you don't have any confidence playing him. What about Derrick Henry? I mean, I think that Derrick Henry is probably the most dependent on game script of any of the running backs that are in the top 20, 25, you know. That's um, the point. And, 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 the, and that's – game script is very, very hard to determine most of the time. I yeah. mean, you know, in games like what we talked about before, Philadelphia and Washington, in, in Philly, um, you know, Baltimore at Miami. Like, you kind of can understand how that is going to work out. But in games like this, Tennessee in Cleveland, it's not as easy to figure out how that game is going to turn out. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, man, it's, I'm not a big Derrick Henry fan. I'm not. But you always have to, you have to want to play him in games where you think that Tennessee is going to be winning. How many times do you really feel like Tennessee is going to be leading in any game with anybody, let alone the Cleveland Browns at this point? So, I mean, it's. It's scary. Like, I get it. You're probably going to have to play him, especially considering where you drafted him. You know, if you're drafting Derrick Henry, you drafted him in the fourth, fifth round. You know, I have him on none of my teams because I'm just not a fan. Um, but where you took him, you're probably going to have to play him. But you're absolutely right. Like, if you feel like this game is going to go south on, on them real fast on Tennessee, then Deion Lewis might be the play because he's the only one who can catch passes on this team. Yeah, and and like you said, you're probably going to have to start him. Um, if this... I can see the game staying relatively close um, if Cleveland just doesn't blow it out of the water in week one. Tennessee has a decent defense. I mean, they have a few young players that could take a step forward. Um, and and their offense has enough pieces where if Mariota were to put it together, this is his last chance, right? They can put put it together um, and, and potentially make something happen uh, by hook or by crook, right? Like, they have all the pieces. It's just like... For them to put it together, it just it just seems so hard for them to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They have all the pieces on offense. Like, look at their wide receivers. Look, look at who they have in the backfield. Boy, look at their offensive line. Yeah, you know uh, they just have everything, man, and yeah. and it, it could work work itself out. So I'm okay playing Derrick Henry. Just know that you know he's game script dependent, and he might not get 
you know, the 18 to 20 touches that, that you're looking for. Right. The only thing that scares me, too, is that just like, man, Odell Beckham's going to be out there with like Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson chasing him around. And goodness gracious, God, pray for Tennessee's <laughs> secondary. My goodness. That's so true, man. It's so true. Um, all right. Moving on. Rams at Carolina. Uh, he starts time early. His knee's messed nah. up. <laughs> <laughs> His knee's going to buckle in week one. Right. No, you're starting Todd Gurley. Come on. Um, it's so funny, like, how things have changed in the offseason. Like, throughout, I think, July to August, we probably saw – Gurley was probably, like, the number one, like, term on Twitter. Like, like, and, and Daryl Henderson was, like, second. <laughs> right? And then in August, like, that shit just got so quiet. Mm-hmm. So quiet. As soon as Gurley was a full go and he's practicing, like, nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. everyone's like, Wait, what? What's going I on? I think people I think people, you know, we, we got a little nuts with all that. We got a little carried away with all of that, you know, because you hear arthritic knee and all those things or whatever. But like I've seen drafts where like Le'Veon Bell is going ahead of Todd Gurley and it's like, bro, you're smoking reefer at this point. Like I'm good on that. Like, look, can Gurley get hurt? Sure. What does Gurley give you when he's on the field? And you can get him at the end of the first. Sometimes in the second round, I've seen Todd Gurley going right now at this point. That's that's ridiculous. That's stealing at this point. But we got a little uh, we got a little carried away with the Daryl Henderson stuff because even at the same point, and me and you have talked about this on my podcast, and you already know what I'm about to say. Even if he did, God forbid, go down, it's not going to be all Daryl Henderson. Like people keep sleeping on Malcolm Brown, they keep forgetting that Malcolm Brown is there. Yeah, and and someone was someone mentioned I think in one of the Instagram comments today like hey go you know ask telling somebody else to go pick up Daryl Henderson the handcuff for Gurley, and I was like no 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 you mean Malcolm Brown the handcuff for Gurley if Gurley were to go down Malcolm Brown would likely assume his duties uh, as the guy and you know Daryl Henderson right now he's struggling a little bit in that offense um, you know he's not used to running those zone runs um, he didn't run that type of offense in college and that's showing up in preseason so. Um, he's been playing like deep into these preseason games and they've been uh, keeping Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley on ice. So that tells you what you need to know yep. um, about that backfield situation. But what will be interesting to see is uh, what kind of snap percentage Todd Gurley plays, who's complimenting him, uh, how many touches are distributed uh, throughout that backfield. That's going to be an interesting thing coming out of that Rams game. Uh, yep. But there's no doubt that, that Todd Gurley is in your lineup. Uh, same as far McCaffrey. as on the Car- on the Carolina side, you got Christian McCaffrey most likely playing 100 percent of snaps, <laughs> 105 snap, 105 percent of the snaps. Like somehow he plays more snaps than is possible. Right, he's running back and wide receiver at the same time. So that, that, <laughs> and quarterback, he threw a touchdown last year, man. Get him out there, just give him the ball. Get it. That's it, Cam. You're done. That's it, man. Uh, Detroit at Arizona. Um, you're, you're playing carry on Johnson, uh, especially with the draft capital that, that you spent on him. Uh, hopefully he has a majority of this backfield. The preseason wasn't, uh, kind. so kind to us when it came to, you know, giving us some hope for him becoming their three down back. CJ Anderson was very involved. Um, and because of that, I think that he's actually an okay play this week. I think if you're desperate, um, Detroit going one heavy, you know, um, this week, if they can, the preseason gave us a good indication that CJ is going to be a regular part of this rotation. Um, I think Carrion's, you know, going to out snap him, out touch him, but I think there might be enough carries and looks in the passing game to keep Anderson 
afloat as a fantasy option. So if you add the fact that he's going to be their goal line back, he can have some real value. Um, Arizona gave up. They were the only team to give up 2,000 yards rushing, the only team to give up 20 rushing touchdowns, and one of two teams to allow over 400 rushing attempts against them. Um, and it really, I think a lot of it depends on how this Cliff Kingsbury offense plays out. Um, they want to run 95 plays a game, uh, but that also means that it's possible that they, they, they have very quick three and outs <laughs> and the other team gets more opportunity. Um, so the, the, the faster a team plays on the other side uh, means that you potentially also, that the opposing team can have more opportunity as well. Um, and we can see uh, more touches to go around in this backfield. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're right about that, about them wanting to play fast. But I think that Detroit wants to slow it down. So if they get those three and outs, they're just going to take their time with the ball, honestly. So yep. I, I don't disagree at all with the with the C.J. Anderson take. Um, the Ty Johnson thing, too, man, like in the preseason was a little bit, you know, it's just like, damn it, we got rid of theoretic. We're going to get all this carry on on passing downs. And it's like. It's not happening, so it it kind of it kind of puts a damper on everything. But again, start carry on. You know, we'll talk about we'll talk about CJ. That's not bad. Like CJ's in that same mode, like like that we were just talking about with desperation PPR plays and things like that. You know, um, and then uh, yeah, I mean it's the carry on thing. I really wanted to work out honestly. Arizona, if he was gonna do it against any team, it would be Arizona. Arizona is just fucking dreadful on defense now like it's it's really really bad honestly so even if they're scoring a bunch of points the reason that i like the arizona offense in any way is because their defense is so bad and they're gonna be in so many bad game scripts so um yeah i mean i i, I really like the cj take yeah and on the arizona side obviously you're playing david johnson yep. um now they might be able to run enough plays uh where <laughs> david johnson can run like 75% of snaps, but still play more snaps than guys who are playing 90% of snaps. Yeah. <laughs> so right. if you see David Johnson off the field, uh, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a good thing. You probably yeah. don't want him playing 90%. You, you probably nah. don't want him to play 90% of like 90 snaps. No. Uh, if, if that were to happen. Um, but yeah, so moving on to Cincinnati in Seattle. Uh, Chris Carson, just a lovely play this week. Um, he has to be in your lineup. Yep. Uh, you drafted him to be there or, or not. You know, you might have drafted a little bit early and got him at a g- really good value. Um, it's funny. Like, he was being drafted in the sixth round early, uh, earlier this offseason, and then he just moved right up right up to the third. I was uh, going to say he's in the third. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's interesting that if you can get him late, you, you got yourself a, a really, really good value there, especially with him potentially being more involved in the pass game. Um, they, they're going to have a lot of opportunity uh, Cincinnati is pretty bad. Uh, they're not good, and they the 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 Seahawks are favored by nine and a half points. Yeah. Uh, just like at home. Uh, yeah. So this is no team ran more uh, as far as rushing percentage. No team was higher than the Seahawks last year, mm-hmm. and they're just going to continue doing that in, in week one. Yeah. Carson's easy. That's the easy one, honestly. The Penny thing um, has lost a lot of steam because, like you said, he was going in the sixth, and that was based off the idea that everybody thought that Penny was going to take over and all the offseason hype that he got. Um, got to watch him a little bit in preseason, and, you know, he just didn't look as good, honestly. And, it's, it, it, you know, all the reports out of camp are, hey, he's falling behind and things like that. So, like, I'm I'm, I'm interested to know if you think that, that Penny this week is going to be somebody like a PPR desperation play, like the same thing with C.J. Anderson, the same the same thing with a few of the other guys that we were talking about. Well, there's no indication to think that he should be a play this week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now it, it could be a post hype thing where afterwards we're like, oh, okay, Penny actually got 35, 40% of the snaps. You know, that was actually going to be part of their game plan. That's actually what they wanted to do with him. Um, that's possible, but there's no indication from preseason, you know, coming into this year, coming into this off season, I was like, you know what? Penny could take a step forward and it'll be a, a Carson Penny backfield. Like Carson can get 60%, Penny can get 40%. Uh, but that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Uh, coming into week one, it seems more of a 70-30 thing where Carson's the main guy and Penny might be unplayable. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, as the season goes on, it's possible that Penny starts being PPR relevant and you can make him uh, – he has some standalone value. Right now, he's simply a handcuff. You know um, what I forgot to bring up too because I was, I was trying to think about it with Detroit and I didn't want to sound stupid. I was able to save myself. But um, I believe Detroit <laughs> brought in J.D. McKissick too, which like – really really puts a damper on carry on like for real like on on third downs because it means they're just like they're literally looking for anybody who can take third down work right. whether it's ty johnson uh, whether it's mckissick whether it's riddick it's totally fine because mckissick will probably get hurt week one i so, mean well that's also true both <laughs> can be true both can definitely but, but, be true but your point is well taken because uh because of detroit's intentions right, right? like that's what you want to like keep an eye on like what is their intention do they right. not do they just not want him to have that role? And that's what it seems like. All the moves they're making, ah, oh man, it, it sucks. You know, it's it funny. Does, it does. I didn't mean to put a damper on that, but I, I forgot to bring it up. And the reason that it jogged my memory no. is because we were talking about Seattle. You no, know, it's so. I'm really glad you brought it up because I literally, I knew that they signed somebody, and I just googled while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Lions signed running back, and I forgot who it was. And you, you bought because I knew it was a pass catching guy. Right. And you brought it up, so I appreciate. Yeah. It. I mean, well, he knows Daryl Bevel and all that stuff too. I think he was there at least one of the years that he was there. Was it? Or, or I could be mistaken. But yeah, yeah. McKissick, yeah, McKissick was there for two years. So okay. Daryl Bevel was there the year before, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Shut yeah. up. Right. Um. So, uh, on the Cincinnati side, you're starting Joe Mixon. Uh, the, the if you're a, a Mixon, if you had Mixon on your team, um, you were a little a little bit upset that the Gio. Bengals resigned Gio to the extension that they did. He's making like five mil a year yeah. um for for that for that what you thought was a backup role. But you don't right. get paid five million to be a backup. Um you, you get paid five million to, to have an integral part of the offense and it's po- very possible that Gio uh continues in the post Marvin Lewis era uh to be you know an integral part of their passing down passing downs in that backfield on third downs. Um, even though Joe Mixon is more than capable, I mean, he's like in the upper echelon of, you know, pass catching backs, um, you know, who could do it all. And, and you want to be too, that one. Like he's a monster. Exactly. So, you know, and he could do a lot after the catch, too. So it's it's a little bit disappointing because it kind of uh, limits his upside this year and next year if, if they keep him. Uh, but yeah, you, you're starting him. I, I'm not. Comfortable starting Cincinnati. I'm sorry, starting uh, Gio Bernard right now. Uh, no. It's get, it's getting a little late, guys. All right, if we if we make a little mistakes here and there, uh, you know, it's 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 getting late. It's twelve thirty, you know, in the morning. 
right now. Uh, so I just want to let you guys know what time it was right now. I, I'm, right. I'm going a little, I'm going a little crazy. No, it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I agree with you, honestly. So, I mean, but yeah, like, like to your point, honestly, it's just a little disappointing. Well, it's disappointing for fantasy reasons to see that they're not, they're not really going to be uh, turning over the stuff to Mixon because you're right. Mixon can do it all. And, and, and I, I believe in him the same way. So, but yeah, I wouldn't want to play Geo. Um, but yeah, Mixon is still a play. Um, you gotta, the thing is, is, is game script with him too. Honestly, that's the other thing. It's like when they're behind, like it's, it, they get blown out his numbers tend to suffer they have to be in good game scripts and i'm not certain that that's going to be this but again you can't bench mix it yeah we, we saw too many games last year where he was he saw only like 60 percent of the snaps and that's just not what you want to see in your rb1 um so uh mo- moving on to indy at the chargers um I, i'm i'm in on austin eckler this week um not as in on on justin jackson um i think uh, Eckler, it looks like Eckler is going to be their primary back. Justin Jackson kind of rounding out that rotation. Um, the Colts were pretty good against opposing teams rushing attacks last year. They struggled to cover running backs out of the backfield. Um, and Eckler's best attribute is catching the ball out of the backfield. When you consider how bad the Chargers offensive line is going into week one, um, we can see them take advantage of those short and quick passes uh, to to overcome that deficiency. So I think Jackson will get the majority of the short yardage and goal line work, but we should still see Eckler in on non-goal line red zone snaps. Um, so I think Jackson's like a flex play at best. I don't think he carries enormous upside. Um, I think Eckler and Jackson will have similar amount of touches on early down. So, you know, with Eckler having most of his role in the passing game with those early down touches, he's definitely the play here. Um, I just wanted to mention those three games that they played last year without Melvin Gordon. Um, Eckler played 68% of snaps or more and averaged 20 opportunities per game. So in this past preseason, the numbers were almost identical. Right. So, um, you know, we know how much the Chargers like to target their running backs. It might go a little bit down, right, without Gordon because it's not a Gordon-Eckler combo, right? It's a, it's a Gordon – I'm sorry, it's an Eckler-Jackson combo now. Um, are, are you are you a little bit more bullish on uh, Justin Jackson this week? So yeah, I mean, I think uh, for once, you know, spoiler alert, we're gonna disagree here. Um, just a little bit. Just um, you know, I uh, I actually really think that. I mean, the only thing that's really scaring me a little bit about Justin Jackson is just that he didn't look as great in preseason. But when they they divvied up, I think they both had forty snaps. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was Justin Jackson who got more carries, clearly, because of how they feel about Austin Eckler. Um, I kind of talked about it on my pod, and, and I don't know if you really remember, but Austin Eckler, they they tried to turn the whole show over to him, and it was in a Tennessee game in, in London, and it didn't really go so well. Like, they don't want to use him in that way. Um, like you said, short yardage, goal line, you know, Justin Jackson has value, honestly, honestly. So, I mean, I... While I understand the PPR upside with uh, with Eckler, if we're talking about PPR, it's Eckler. But I don't think Justin's such a bad play, honestly. And 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 I I see a world where maybe Justin outscores him if he you know if he falls in with two touchdowns and maybe twenty something yards. Is he probably going to wind up outscoring Austin Eckler? Maybe you know that's twelve points with with two you know with twenty yards. And if that's you no know, catches, fourteen points. You know that's um. You know, it's it's a possibility. So um, I just think that this Justin Jackson is is not owned enough, if that makes any sense for me. Like when I start yeah. to see his ownership rating, you you've got to be kidding me. He has to be up in the eighties. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think that Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, not being there, 
you know, it, I think it's all it's the it's mostly the Austin Eckler show. I think there isn't enough upside with Jackson unless Eckler were to go down. I think mm-hmm. that's the reason why Justin Jackson isn't owned as much. Um, and when you mentioned those forty snaps each, it was because Jackson played a bunch with the second team as well. So like the the first team snaps, Eckler played like sixty nine percent of those snaps, and and Jackson stayed in when the second team came in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, and, and that was one indication where like, they were like, okay, Eckler's our guy, you know, in early downs, we, we want to preserve him. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Jackson, you know, is going to have value because he's, you know, he's on a good offense. Um, and he's, they're going to get goal line attempts. Um, but this offensive line concerns me a, a oh, lot. Does. And I think no Kuhn now. Yeah. yeah I it, 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 and, and because of that, like that short passing game is going to be, where it's at for them. Uh, I think Eckler's going to take advantage of that. Uh, I think Jackson point. could get a couple targets too. Um, but he didn't get he, he might not get as many opportunities uh you know in, 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 in the with Eckler there exactly. Um, but yeah, so on on no we we already talked about this the Colts. Oh, we didn't talk about the Colts side yet. Uh Marlon Mack uh I'm starting him, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously he doesn't have the upside that he did, you know, with three weeks ago, Andrew, Andrew Luck. Right. Um, but I think the Colts are going to be try to be more dependent on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Chargers' run defense is probably their weakness when you compare to the secondary. When you compare to their pass rush ability, mm-hmm. right? Um, he'll likely get his touches. He's their goal line guy. He might even see might even see more opportunity on third downs. You know, we saw some more usage of that in the preseason uh, towards the end of the last season as well. Um, and we saw games, I think three of his last five games, he had like 23 or 24 plus touches. Um, so he can handle it and they're okay with giving that type of workload to him. So we could potentially see like a 250, 260 touch season from Mac. Um, maybe not on as good of an offense, but I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing too, is, is, I don't see this game getting out of hand no matter what, no matter who's the quarterback. Like, this game is going to be very close. Um, they're going to want to, like you said, I feel like the Colts are going to want to slow down the pace. Um, and, you know, the, the you know, Max is going to get his touches. This is not a Naheem Hines game. This doesn't feel like a Naheem Hines game for me, honestly, when they're going to have to, either they're going to be getting boat raced or they're going to have to keep up. Um, it's going to have to be one of those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I really was a little bit off of Mac after the luck uh, retirement thing, you know, but this week, if he's on your team, I don't mind it. I really don't. I mean, if he scores one touchdown and he scores and he gets 60 yards because we know he's not going to catch any passes, I think you're fine. Again, I, that that feels like the benchmark for like any starting running back for me. Like if you give me 60 and a touch, I'm good. I can live with just that. Yeah, and that pretty much sounds like what Marlon I can give you in, in any given week. Um, and And he's probably like, you know, a poor man's Chris Carson, like as far as his role is concerned. Um, not like that, that he's, you know, just because he's like that early down guy might give you a little bit of third downs and you, he's kind of touchdown dependent. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's uh, kind of how, how I see it. Um, as far as uh, the next matchup with the Giants in Dallas, Dallas being the seven point favorites. Uh, this is a good, a good streaming option uh, if they're available, but people are already on that. Uh, I would assume in your league. Uh, obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley yeah. on the Giants side. That's on Dallas, Dallas side, you're starting Zeke if he signs. But if he doesn't, I think Tony Pollard is is a must play as well. I mean, he mm-hmm. played a three down role 
a workhorse role with the starters in the preseason. I think he'll be the workhorse against the Giants if Zeke doesn't sign. Um, he looked the part in both the run game and pass game. You got that amazing Cowboys offensive line blocking for him. I think he'll be more than fine um, yeah. with them favored by seven points uh, with a good defense against a potentially bad Giants defense. And if he's not coming off the field, like he'll get a lead opportunity, even if it's only for one week. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, I'm going to give you guys some premium fantasy advice that you're not going to get anywhere else. If Zeke is active, you start him. You're welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, if he doesn't, um, you know, Pollard is a start. Absolutely. You have to play him. I just feel him like he's in a little bit uh, the RB2 range, the high RB2 range. Um, he'll be there. I mean, he's not going to be he's not going to do what Zeke's going to do. But I mean, give me the guy who's going to be down. Uh, you know, he played all the first reps uh, with with the offensive line when they were when they went through the dress rehearsals. So, you know, obviously they think that he can do it. Uh, will Alfred Morris mix in? Yes, but still at the same time, it's it's got to be Pollard. So yeah, I I agree with you. But yeah, um, they, my yeah. my Zeke advice, you know, just uh just know that you heard it here first that you need to start Zeke whenever he plays. <laughs> uh, do you think he's signing before week one? Um, I do, I do, and that's why you know I uh I actually had a draft uh I want to say two nights ago, and um the fourth pick um instead of it being Zeke was DeAndre Hopkins, and I had the fifth pick, and I jumped all over Zeke. Um, just wow. because, you know, even if uh, even if at this point, you know, he just misses week one, whatever, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I can plug him in for week one, and then if he's fine and he's there week two the rest of the way, I'm good. So, I mean, the the risk is, is uh, you know, it's not as crazy. It's not Melvin Gordon. Like, Melvin Gordon, I, I really, really, really don't believe is going to play this season unless he gets traded. I really don't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. Zeke will be back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It seems like they're super close. They're just... Yeah. I mean, like they offered him close to Todd Gurley money. It's just yeah. a matter of time before they figure something out. Yeah, they um, got it. it's fine. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh in New England. Uh, you're playing James Conner. Yep. Uh, he's he's going to be their workhorse uh, yep. in New England. Uh, I'm definitely playing Sony Michelle. Yeah. Um, at this point, you know, I was it was the roller coaster for me. I was in on him, really in on him, right after the Super Bowl, then off of him after his surgery. Uh, and then after they got Damian Harris, and then in on him again. Uh, he's now at this point, he's their clear ball carrier. Yeah. Um, he might even add some receiving skills to his repertoire this season. Um, and now that he's a clear guy in preseason and camp, I think he's back as a solid RB two in what should be a high scoring game with Pittsburgh. Twenty plus carries along with golden opportunities is what we're hoping for from Michelle in any given game this season. Um, and he's delivered more often than not when he's given that type of opportunity. Absolutely. I just, I, I found myself getting him more and more as my RB two. Like, especially if I started receiver, receiver, you know, uh, in, in certain leagues, like, uh, it was, You're happy uh, with that, aren't you? yeah, a hundred percent, man. I mean, uh, name me another RB two that can give you, um, 15 plus touchdown upside as long as he's on the field. And, and, and that's what I think Sony can do. Um, as long as he's there now, yes, just starting Sony. I also love James White in this game. I figured this game is going to be a shootout there, and all these throws underneath are going to be all to to White and to Edelman and to Gordon. So I like White here too, man. I, I think in PPR, I think you have to play him this week as well too. I mean, I want to play White in games that I think there's going to be a lot of points because that's when he's going to need to be used. Um, when he went off last year, see a lot of the thing, a lot of what everybody's going off of with White was, you know, oh my God, he went off. That was when every single running back was hurt, and he had to play every single down. He was in the red zone running the ball, you know, those things. When Sony came back, all that stuff changed. When Rex Burhead came back, like you said, it all changed. But 
at this point, James White is locked into his passing role. They're going to have to throw to keep up. Um, Brady's more apt to throw underneath now than he is down the field, even though Gordon's there. Who you know, I love Gordon and everything as well. I just think that you can play James White and Sonny Michelle and be okay this week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, for, for me, James White is uh, more of a, like a RB, like a low end RB two, high end RB three play. Um, but he has he has RB one upside every single week because right. you know he has a role where he can catch you know seven balls and catch a touchdown and you, you, he's sitting like as a low end RB one at the end of the week so he has that upside and in this type of matchup against Pittsburgh um, it could definitely happen because the implied total he was fifty and a half um, and like you said you know if they're going to be scoring you kind of have to think about you know who is going to be scoring those points uh, for the Patriots right and James White is one of the first names that you think of especially without gronk there's no gronk there so that's what that's what you have to consider um so uh two games on monday night football houston in new orleans uh you got newly acquired duke johnson um going up in new orleans uh stout run defense uh but i think this is a team that um in new orleans who is favored by seven points at home Mm -hmm. i think duke johnson is going to be pretty busy in the passing game yep yeah, I mean that's the thing that we know we're gonna bank on is that um the line is shit. Um if you're if you're playing Duke Johnson because you think that he's gonna be running the ball all over the place, you're sadly mistaken. Um same thing for Carlos Hyde. Like I'm the the thing is is like when you add in the fact that Ca- Carlos Hyde is super diminished and this line is really bad and they need to be winning most of the time for him to be good. Um, it, it makes me more and more in love with Duke when you start to think about it, honestly, because they're going to have to throw more. They're, this team is just equipped to throw more because they have better receivers. They have a, a great quarterback. Um, so I don't uh, – Duke Duke is a play this week, honestly. I'm, I'm in on him. Um, Carlos Hyde, you better just hope he scores because he's going to give you his usual 2.2 per carry or, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he – the only reason that he was producing early last year was because he was getting 20-plus carries. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a big part of this game plan, man. Nope. I, I really don't. I think it's going to be Duke getting like 70% of snaps. I honestly believe that. And I think he's the the way better back. Like if if you have Duke Johnson, you're happy that they signed Carlos Hyde because like yeah. he he's is not much competition there um, f- for Duke Johnson. Um, on the New Orleans side, you're obviously starting Alvin Kamara. Um, and I think yeah. Latav- Latavius Murray – is somebody that you can start as a flex um, and, and be okay with it. Like we right. we know what this role role is in the Sean Payton offense. Uh, you might not think he, Latavius Murray is as good as Mark Ingram, but it doesn't matter because yeah. we've seen worse backs be successful in that role. Um, and he's he can catch the ball. He might not be as good as Mark Ingram in catching the ball, but he can catch. He's probably faster than Mark Ingram. Uh, he has a nose for the end zone. He he's been very efficient in his goal line looks. And his short yardage looks a really good percentage uh, over the last few years. So it fits the role and the mold of what Sean Payton's looking for. And that's why they signed him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm fine playing him. Uh, he can get his, you know, 12 to 13, 14 touches in this game and, and, and be fine and return some value. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you have to remember, too, like like you said, whether you your opinion on him is, you know, hey, Mark Ingram is better. 
you know, Mark Ingram was going in like the fourth or round last year, honestly, and we knew he wasn't going to play the first four weeks. So, like, if you're trying to grab a piece of the offense and you think the same thing, then why don't you think the same thing about Latavius Murray, honestly, at this point? Um, I like him better in games where they're on the road, and I know that they're going to run the ball, you know, and they're going to stomp the shit out of people. You know, I feel like this New Orleans-Houston uh, game is going to be a little bit back and forth. Uh, I think this is going to be, you know, there's going to be points in it, you know. So, I mean, I guess that's when you start to think about it, I guess that's good for Murray, but I would like for them to be more run centric in a game that I think that they're going to control more. Where as far as like, they're going to throw the ball a bunch, I think in this game. So, I mean, Murray's fine. You just got to hope he scores that touchdown. If he doesn't score this week, then you're not going to be as happy. I don't think. And that's usually the case with these backs, right? Same thing with Mark Ingram, right? Like last year, he wasn't catching the ball a ton. Uh, The year before, like, you know, they, they were scoring the ball a ton and he was, he scored a bunch of touchdowns. So that's what you're hoping for. Uh, but the thing is, in this New Orleans offense, that there's just a higher chance of these running backs to score. So that's kind of kind of what you're hoping for. Yep. And you're hoping that they, they can catch maybe like two or three passes as well. Yeah. Um, so the last game, uh, late on Monday night, Denver in Oakland. Um, this Denver backfield is, is very interesting. Uh, Philip Lindsay, uh, <laughs> we might see. So we're gonna do, we're gonna see Royce Freeman, and we might see a sprinkle of my boy. Devontae Booker, Booker, get him out of here. Goodness gracious. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. Like, you know, they signed Theo Riddick, and we said, okay, he's going to get that third down role. But while he's hurt, you know, it'll be, you know, Philip Lindsay and Devontae Freeman. I'm uh, I'm sorry, uh, not Devontae Freeman. Uh, Devontae Booker. I'm, no, not Devontae Booker. Uh, Royce oh, Freeman. Sorry. Oh, Royce Freeman. I'm sorry. <laughs> we <laughs> oh, said everybody but the guy. Free, free, Freeman, Devontae. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, I, I, you know, we thought that one of those guys, probably Lindsay, you know, being there, assuming that third down role, assuming that passing down role, uh, but with Theo out, they just brought back Devontae Booker right into that role, made it a three man backfield, um, and, and that's really, I'm really hoping that's not what they do next year. I, I'm sorry, this week coming up, like right. this is coming from last year, coming from Vance Joseph, you know, you were hoping that they kind of switch things up a little bit. Um, and it seems like Royce Freeman kind of closed the gap between him and Lindsey. Uh-huh. But then they still have a third guy. So it's like, are we going to be able to get value out of any of these guys and pick the right guy? Like, are you still okay with going Philip Lindsey? And are you only okay with it because they're going against Oakland? See, I don't know, man. Honestly, the more and more I start to think about this backfield and, and try to break it down, honestly, the more and more I want to stay away. I have, like, zero shares of any of these guys just for this reason. Like, I... Week to week, we're not going to know what's going on, and, and, and especially in a, in a week like this when basically at this point we're just speculating because we haven't seen anything. You know, preseason gives you somewhat of an indicator, but it doesn't tell you anything. You know, like I'd like to see what they want to do realistically in, in a game situation. Um, do I suspect that they're going to have to throw a lot against Oakland to win this game? No. Um, do I suspect that Denver is going to beat the shit out of Oakland? Yes. Um, 100%. So there's value for both of them, I guess. And that kind of makes me want to lean a little bit more of Royce Freeman because I know that they're going to run the ball. But he looked like shit, man, this preseason. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, he looked really bad, um, especially yeah, and, against the Niners. And, and we saw, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay be efficient, right, with his touches last year. So we saw that he, he might not get a huge workload in some of the games last year, but he still produced, like, 100 yards, maybe a touchdown. Um, so, you know, if this is going to be a split between three guys – um, it's possible that even with limited touches, Phil Lindsay can, can do his thing. 
Um, and, and we've seen that last year. So if anybody, if I'm playing anybody, it's going to be him. Um, I'm staying away from Royce Freeman right now. He's yeah. super desperate if yeah. you're going to play him. O- Oakland is a terrible rushing defense. Um, and they're not going to be able to hold this rushing attack. That's the way that they uh, choose to attack Oakland because you can attack Oakland any way you want. Like you can pass the ball against them, you can run it against them. Like yeah. you can do what you want to do. Um, right. You know, on the Oakland side, you're definitely starting Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm super interested to see what happens on third downs With and Jaylen in this Richard. passing down situation. Whether Jalen Richard comes in for all of them, for some of them, for none of them. We'll see. So we'll see what kind of role and how much of a workhorse Josh Jacobs uh, truly is and, you know, what they envision for him uh, coming into the season. What I think is going to happen is that, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is, you know, that their schedule is brutal to open the season, brutal right. for running backs. And I think it's like after like week four or something like that, they get their bye. And I think that if you see Josh Jacobs struggle the first few weeks, and I, what I mean by struggle is not really produce where, you know, he's going in what? Fourth round, fifth round, right around there? Yeah, well, I mean, he was going like end of third, early third. fourth in, in a lot of platforms, yeah. Right. So, I mean, considering where he went, after like three, four games, there's going to be a lot of panic Jacobs owners. That's when you pounce and you right. and you and, and you go for, for the trade at that point. I don't suspect that these first few weeks are going to go well for him. Um, I don't want to play Jalen Richard, um, you know, regardless of how, you know, I know that Derek Carr does not push the ball downfield, but with Antonio Brown, I'm suspecting that he's going to have to. Um, they've got to do something. I'm good on Jalen Richard. Yes, we'll play Josh Jacobs, but temper your expectations, especially this week, man. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Josh Jacobs going against Denver, it's not like the best matchup in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to, understand that like he's going to be involved in the passing game even if it is on early downs so he could potentially still give you a solid floor in ppr leagues uh he's going to be their goal line guy as well um so you know there's a lot of ways that he can kind of bring you value even if he's the early only the early down guy and against a not against a, a good run defense in denver speaking of the raiders did you uh did you hear what john gruden said about the the hard knock storylines no. So they let Keelan Doss go, right? That's somebody who they've been talking really crazy about on Hard Knocks and things like that. And they asked him, right. you know, they, they asked John Gruden, like, oh, well, it seems like you guys liked it. He goes, oh, that's some HBO storyline or whatever that was thrown out there or whatever. Like, okay, so, so, funny. so wait a minute. So Hard Knocks is now loving hip hop and like All or Nothing is like the actual like real reality show, like because that was the one giving you insight. So, I mean, it's just this has been a, a, a dumpster fire of a Hard Knocks. And it's just, it's just a little bit of what I suspect is what's going to happen with the Raiders this season, like a complete dumpster fire. I think it was more on hard knocks than anything else. I think it was this was the worst season of a hard knocks I've ever seen. Ever and seen. it's been already it's been already kind of going downhill a little bit. Um the Rex Ryan Jets one was like amazing, right? Like yeah. that that was that one was super memorable. Like let's go get a fucking snack. Like that was that scene was just like amazing, right? Yeah. Especially as a Jets fan, it was just amazing. But yeah, I mean it was a lot of Antonio Brown. I got that. No Josh Jacobs. Like, I didn't even see him. Was he even on the show at all? Like, nope. like, like maybe there was a glimpse glimpse of him fucking knocking on wood or some shit. I have no <laughs> idea. But who else? I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of those guys, man. No, no. no Tyrell Williams. Like, I had no idea if he was on the team. Um, yeah, man. Like, it was a lot of, like, a lot of uh, Renfro, right? A lot of him. 
Well, oh, it's always like it's it's the quarterbacks, the five quarterbacks that they have. I mean, even though Peterman got put on IR, they brought they picked up Kaiser. They got you know. I mean, I think I think what what Gruden is trying to do is start a whole lineup of quarterbacks, and he's close. I mean, all he's got to do is get a few more. He's close, man. Just keep doing right, it. Right. But yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, man. We went through all the games. Cool. Thank you, bro. It's been no, uh, I think you, what man. an hour and a half. Thank yeah. you. If you guys made it this far into the podcast and you, and you listened this far, I appreciate it. Uh, I honestly doubt anybody's still here, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, dude. Uh, tell them where they can follow you uh, on social media. Yeah, so um, on uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Jason Aponte, J A S O N A P O N T E twenty one zero three, and you can follow the the podcast page, um, which I'm trying to pull up and remember. Jesus, I'm the worst. At Fantasy Bros Pod on Twitter, at Fantasy Bros Podcast on Instagram. Nice, nice, nice. Appreciate it, man. Thank you yeah, so thanks much for this. having me, bro. You know, you know, it's awesome when we link up, and you know, you're gonna be all over my show and everything once we make it work or whatever. But I'm happy to have you on here and. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I always love talking football with you. For sure, man. All right. I'm going to bed. It's 1 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to have the wide receiver podcast out going over uh, all the wide receiver matchups and, you know, you know how how these guys match up in the slot, on the outside, who's getting shadowed, all, all that sort of thing. So hope you hope you guys, uh, you know, listen to that as well. So uh, take it easy. I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Later. Later.